From home to work, health to agri. This is Tech Matters on KCLR, a weekly look at the tech in our daily lives with John Clear. Yes, yes. Hello and welcome to Tech Matters. I'll be with you up to 7pm every Tuesday in the run up to Christmas. In fact, this is the second last show, I think. So each week we'll be covering different topics in the global tech village. And so far we've covered home and pet tech, the future of work, kids tech and agri-tech. And all can be found on the KCLR website. The team for this week is Health and Senior Tech. And I'm John Clear and I run a company called Unmake, based in Kilkenny. And I help and train companies, mostly tech companies, to align their teams and solve business, product and category challenges. Like I said, on this week we will be unpacking health and senior tech and our expert interviews today are with John Shaw from Legato and we'll be talking about the future of health assurance. And later in the show, Fergal Dignan from Paxana will be joining me. And Paxana are on a mission to help older people live independently in their own homes longer. But first, let's talk to Jason Larkin. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. So Jason is our tech guru from Electro City. And this week, we're talking about health tech. So what we're going to do is review two different products that we have today. And then we'll talk a little bit about the products that we have for the competition as well. So the first product we're going to have a look at is, and everyone's talking about these last year and the year before and this year, is the Fitbit Fitness Tracker. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about this. Is it something that you wear or what is it? So it would be something that you'd wear. Okay. So it would be involved in the various lineup that Fitbit would have. So they have different models that range from, say, like, like kids all the way up to full adults. And with that, you'll be able to monitor multiple different things. Like the most basic ones will monitor, the, like, say, your heart rate, distance. Um, more advanced ones will be able to do things like, like blood pressure, blood oxygen readings, things like that, which are fairly advanced for a watch. And so what you're saying then is that with the fit the, the Fitbit is that they have a range of products exactly. based on what they need from running, sleeping, and we think sleep is a, a really important one sleep, as well. Yeah, very important one. So you're going to be able to find out exactly how much deep sleep you're getting, how much light sleep, and also REM sleep, which is basically the type of sleep where you actually start to actually, you're in the, kind of the deep dreams uh, stage of sleep. And it's fairly interesting to actually find out, you know, how many minutes that you'll actually be in those stages because, of course, for sleep, we won't know exactly before we had light sleep or deep sleep. So it'll better improve your uh, yeah. sleep overall. And we also have the Alcatel 2020 Big Button mobile phone. With the likes of that one there, that's quite handy. I have a lot of, say, like maybe older customers that might be coming in for the likes of these, mostly ah. because they'll have, say, a larger button face on them. So, so this is like the remote controls with the big, bigger buttons as exactly. well, but for a phone. Exactly. So for instance, like if, they, if you had a customer that maybe had difficulty with their vision and things like that, yep. these will benefit them greatly because they'll be able to see perfectly with them. There won't be any, some of the phones that the keypads themselves can be fairly small in the, with the yep. numbers on them. Uh, with that one there, you'll have things like a voice alarm, just a regular alarm as well. You'll have a calendar, FM radio, there's a torch. There's an SOS button, so for instance, like it'll actually send out, I believe, a distress call save to a number that's actually saved on the system. Okay. So just in case if anything, you know, anything, an emergency ever happens, it's very handy in regards to that. Um, and you'll have like usual kind of talk time around 16 hours, uh, charge time is around three hours on them, so decent length out of the battery and things like that, and they're perfect for the house. And people who have issues with hand mobility, etc., as well, that's, that's really useful. Exactly. Okay, that's an interesting one. That's called the Alcatel 220, we'll call it. The Alcatel 220 Big Button Mobile Phone. Yeah. Perfect. And what we'll do now is have a quick review of the Hawaii Band 4E Fitness Tracker. Now, this is going to be our prize this week. So can you tell us a little bit about that, Jason? Yeah, I can indeed. So this is their fantastic watch. Okay. So you can have it on wrist mode or foot mode, which is quite interesting. You can have that attached. Hold on, sorry, foot mode. 
Yeah. So exactly. you can wear it on your on your ankle. And um, it would be attached to the laces on your runners. Okay, because so, it sounded like a prison device yeah. there. <laughs> Yeah, when you break it down, it does it does genuinely. <laughs> so, so sorry, where does it go with them? On your so own? that it would attach to the uh, the laces on your run. Ah, right, okay. So with that, it has a comprehensive running statistics. So basically, with that, it'll provide nine running form metrics. So it'll analyze things like foot pattern landing, uh, ground contact time, and your ca- uh, your cadence as well. So mm-hmm. for instance, it can tell like with the likes of run and things like that. There's so many different varying uh, mm. kind of, I suppose. The distance between steps exactly. and the weight even, that you're putting on each foot. Even if you overpronate or underpronate, even with the likes of runners that you need to use, yep. the type, the shape of your foot, mm-hmm. you know, if you have like low arches, high arches, okay. there's a lot of different things that can actually tell you about your foot and how you're running. Mm. Even for like, so it is very, it's very advanced for what it's actually offering. Well, that, that's a very interesting product. And I like the idea as well that it's, it's not about the, the digital screen really it's about the measurement and I have an aura ring as well and it's the same thing it's it's about it gives me less time on the screen so exactly. I think it's an interesting and this all connects back into your phone though as well doesn't it so you can read all the information on your computer or your laptop for each of those devices so with those it would be true that the Huawei Health app which I have on my own phone and from that there you'll be able to analyse the likes of say your steps your heart rate uh, distance and things like that so it's all done through that app then yeah I think this is amazing because if you think about it every day we get into a car and when we turn on the car, the dashboard gives us about 20 pieces of vital information about our car, but we can't do it for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're, they're, they're well and truly, they, they change how we actually operate. Okay, and that's a great prize that we'll let the listeners know about later on. Jason, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week. Pleasure as always. Cool. Talk to them. Okay, and all you have to do to be with a chance to win the Hawaii 4E fitness tracker from Electricity is text or WhatsApp us the answer to this week's question. What is the largest organ in the human body? Along with your name and details to the dinnersready.ie text line and that's 083-306-9696. That's 083-306-9696. And we will announce the winner uh, before the end of the show. Okay, so join me after the break and we'll start with John Shaw from Legato. Featuring new and emerging tech from around the world. Tech Matters on KCLR with John Clear. And welcome back to Tech Matters. This week's expert interview is with John Shaw. John is head of Legato Health Technologies in Ireland. John, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, John. I've been really looking forward to this because I met some of the Legato team at Penny a few weeks back and two things struck me. One was the business category of health assurance, which I think is the future of healthcare. And something that you said about how we know more about our car's health every day than we do know about our own. I can't wait to talk about all of these things. But first, can you tell us a little bit about your role and the company Legato? So Legato was established about a year ago, November 2021, as the global innovation center for our parent company, Elevance Health. Elevance Health is America's largest health insurance company. And uh, we're on a journey to move from health insurance, which is reactive, towards preventative health, which is all about, as we call it, health assurance. So focus on predicting and preventing health issues. Now, in order to do that, it really becomes a question around artificial intelligence, machine learning, and data and data science. Those are the key areas to focus in on when you talk about predictive and preventative health. It's all in the data. Um, So what we're all about here in Ireland is following that research trajectory and building the software products in line with health assurance, predict and prevent unwanted health issues. 
Okay. Can you tell me a little bit more about the purpose of Legato just on, on a whole? Um, so Legato itself is mm. a wholly owned subsidiary of the parent company and employs about 25,000 people around the world. Legato began life as an insourcing project and has become a, a capability center for you know, insurance claims processing, uh, medical call center management, and other critical capabilities to run a health insurance company efficiently and effectively. Mm. What's different about Legato Ireland is that we are an innovation center. Yeah. So rather than focusing on the important world of you know, efficient and effective management of health insurance, the question becomes, well, how do you transform into health assurance, predict and prevent? And that's what's unique about Legato Ireland. We're the okay. center for that big change. And can you tell us about that emerging category called health assurance? So back to the point about the car. So the concept actually is 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 much older than that. It, it began life in the uh, aircraft industry when Boeing developed the Dreamliner, the 777. That aircraft was designed without a wind tunnel, without a clay model. It was a digital design. When manufacturing all the components, each component was videoed as it was manufactured. Critical parameter data was captured. And then a single flight of the 777 across the Atlantic generates terabytes of data. So that is referred to as a digital twin model. The concept in health is moving in, in the same direction, that you in the future will have a digital twin version of you, which has all of your health records, as well as your real-time health uh, vital statistics. Mm -hmm. So your health insurance policy covers you for a heart transplant at the age of 75. God forbid you need one, but your health insurance policy covers you for that. But you're better off and everybody's better off if you never needed that heart transplant in the first place. So the question would be, what were the earliest possible warning signs that you were heading in that direction? And is there evidence that that could have been prevented? Mm. And that's the essence of health insurance. So you have, in the purest terms, you, you would talk about a digital twin from which you're drawing conclusions. You're also then looking at it from the perspective of, of large population comparisons. So not only you know, your lifetime health being being monitored, but the monitoring of society as a whole. And what are the patterns out there that as we get to know more and more, we can learn from and, and bring into the personal health journey. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly learning about uh, dangerous microbes, dangerous viruses, et cetera, et cetera. And as we learn that, what can we do with that information to predict and prevent problems that might arise? And indeed, when it comes to diabetes, cardiovascular issues, um, you know, digestive system issues, cognitive issues. What more can we learn to predict and prevent? So, for example, a big area of focus for many at the moment is around Alzheimer's. So what might we be able to do much earlier to predict and mitigate the risk much earlier in life? So, mm -hmm. as I said, while your policy covers you, you are better off perhaps to take a preventative posture than a reactive posture. And that is yeah. back to the essence of, of health assurance as well. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying about the car. When you see that red light come on, yeah, you know, you have so, to change the oil. Yeah, you mentioned that. And and the, the thing about the car, you know, I, I think future civilizations will look back on us and say, my God, way back in 2022, people knew more about their car's health than their own personal health. What a strange civilization they were that they would invest in that way in technology. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. switch on the car and 30 indicators, red, amber, green, you know where you stand. And then you can choose what to do with that information. You don't have to do anything, but you know, you may w- want to do something about it. But where are the equivalent 30 indicators in real time for your health? Mm. And that's still an uncharted territory. The, the actual enabling technology in health largely already exists. So if you look at what's happening with smart watches, it's advancing quite, quite rapidly um, yeah. in relation to being able to detect uh, arrhythmic heart issues and, uh, you know, fast heartbeat or irregular heartbeat, et cetera, et cetera. But there's so much more that could be measured. During the, during the COVID crisis in the early days, there was a very interesting project in HSE where HSE distributed oximeters to people who had lung issues. So they would stay at home, not come into contact with, with other people. And that they essentially what was happening was they were measuring their blood oxygen level, simple device on their finger, an app on their phone, anything going wrong, alert goes to the right medical professional. So, yeah. so that type of technology is, this, is, is another example of it. So right across many parameters relating to predictive health, there is technology available. But we're at a very early stage in in bringing it to to our our, our personal attention. Yeah, because I think it's it's like you said, it's it's something that's quite old as a category health assurance, but there's so much further to go with it. Uh, it's 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 early yeah. days, really, in in um, implementing it. I suppose you could say. Yeah, and, but, and there's naturally uh, there always are concerns about personal data, personal health records, and that's a that's a thing that has to be addressed along the way. We, we, have, we have very good legisla- legislation in the form of GDPR, mm-hmm. but we have to look at practical implementations of technology. So rather than looking upon GDPR as a barrier, look upon it as a, as a clear protocol to follow, to yeah. adhere to. So it brings clarity okay. rather than a barrier. And so you have the offices, they're actually in Limerick, is where you're based, isn't it? Yeah, so we're, we're based in Limerick, uh, yeah. near the University of Limerick in Castle Troy, we currently have 140 people uh, either hired or soon to join, um, representing uh, 25 different nations. We have 61% of our team are new Irish, 39% born Irish, about 35% female, 65% male. At the leadership level, uh, you know, it's 50-50 female, male at the leadership level. So we see, you know, diversity as key part of our success. You know, the more perspectives we can get on life, generally the better. Organizations that embrace diversity fully and, and uh, you know, and sincerely, they, they can show a demonstrable improvement in, in organizational performance. And we are, we are true believers in that philosophy. Yeah, I think, I think diversity is very important, in t- certainly in, in terms of innovation. And I know there were, I think there was some statistic out recently that was saying that one in, f- one in four knowledge workers in Ireland won't be born in Ireland. That's probably nearly getting close to that point at this stage, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, Ireland, I mean, Ireland's economic success um, correlates very closely with our open and progressive approach to attracting talent from around the world. Yeah. Yeah. And you're based in Limerick as well as TechRoll. So Limerick seems to have a bit of a, a community going with regards to healthcare. Yeah, and um, absolutely. And there's a long tradition in the city here with the great work that Johnson & Johnson are doing. Yep. And uh, Eli Lilly have announced, um, you know, a plan to build a biopharma facility here in Limerick as well. And of course, you have the digital heritage then from Dell and others um, in the city. So Limerick 
has a very interesting mix of health uh, and digital. And we're sort of in the middle of the two in what we do. So it's a, it's a good location for us. We, we work very closely with Limerick Chamber of Commerce, which is a very effective group in, mm-hmm. in promoting Limerick to the world. Um, however, many of our people work from home most of the time. So although we're based in Limerick and we have regular reasons to, to be in Limerick as a team for, for different events, uh, at the same time, we see huge value in offering our people the flexible working option of working from home. So many of our people work most of the time from home. You know, the world has moved on. You know, the Stone Age didn't end because they ran out of stones. There is no going back to the pre-COVID days. Mm. The world has left forward. You know, some people have said that um, from a digitization perspective, the world has leapt five years into the future. So things that were things that had to happen in the summer of 2020 um, happened very fast. You know, uh, the, the widespread adoption of things like Zoom and Teams, for example. Yeah. Uh, and, and across many businesses, they had to find out ways to work digitally, uh, you know, with, with a remote workforce. Once you've been through that pain barrier and you've learned how to work more productively, do you really want to go back to presenteeism or would you like to maintain your productivity? That's a question for every leader. Yeah, that's a, that's a very, very strong point. And you guys had actually set up during COVID. I mean, you started the company in, in the middle of yeah. it. So, yeah, we did. We, 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 uh, we picked a very challenging time. Um, we realized that, uh, you know, in order to hire 145 people mm-hmm. in, in eight or nine months beginning in, in COVID, that was going to be a challenge. Um, we knew that, um, you know, the talent we were looking for would, generally be all over the country, not just in Limerick. Yeah. So it, it was a kind of a win-win for us to think, okay, let's think about radical hybrid, you know, work remotely most of the time. That's going to appeal to to certain people. Our, our sense of purpose, improve lives, that appeals to people. And then the culture that we're building, which is based on trust. So we, we, we hire smart people and we listen to them. Mm. Those things resonate with certain people. A startup's not for everybody. Um, certain people are attracted to it and thrive in it. Certain people struggle in a startup environment. But certainly what we've seen is that the, the vast majority of people that we've hired can see that, yeah, we are sincere about offering a career. We are sincere about our sense of purpose. And we are sincere about our culture of trust. You have synchronous and asynchronous work. So you have, you know, the work that you all do together. But now it's becoming more asynchronous. Do you find that a challenge or... Is that because well, you, you did say it's about getting the work done, and if it gets the work yeah, done, yeah, yeah. So, so we we follow um, we we follow a couple of principles on this. One is that when it comes to uh, making a decision on a particular product design, that's best done as a group. So we yep. do have structured uh, workshops where we bring people together physically, or indeed supplement that with uh, Zoom and Teams calls. Right? We use Teams rather than Zoom in our case. But also, um, when it then comes to the follow-on, when it's very much uh, task-oriented activity that follows, in, in software development, sometimes you're better off being able to do that alone and, a, and in a quiet place. Mm. So some of the work is best done if you can find, you know, the time yourself with no distraction. And then some of the work is best done in group format. So we have that that balance, you know, and um, everyone has their own way of tuning into that. So an extrovert and an introvert would each do it differently, right? 
but um, we're sensitive to that. And we what we do is we we give the people in our team the latitude to know what's best for them. So we we follow that principle of you know use your good judgment at all times. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting because work is becoming more of a a space rather than a place. And it's just about managing all of it as well. Yeah, and, and it's also this whole concept about managing by outcomes mm. rather than micromanaging and getting sucked into presenteeism and timesheets of that, of that form. So if we talk about outcomes, when we're clear what it is we're, we're, we're seeking to achieve, and then we have, uh, you know, technical teams aligned where they're in control of a particular two-week sprint. What are we trying to achieve? Well, yeah. what does the team think is achievable? Let's start there. Mm. So empowerment. And then, um, you know, uh, you know, it has to be safe. It has to be safe to fail. So we got it wrong. Let's try and yeah. get it right that time rather than recriminations. So, so that's back to trust as well. Build the environment of trust where, where it's safe to, safe to learn, you know, safe to mm. fail. Finally, then, in the area of future opportunities in health, you know, um, there's a, a quote we actually mentioned on last week's show from William Gibson, he's the sci-fi writer, and he said that the, the future is... Um, is the future is already here, but it's not just, even... Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for saving me there. Do you, where do you see it in terms of what's coming up soon? So um, if you project into the future by 2030, um, not everybody, but... Many people will be using predictive and preventive technology, pervasive monitoring. The devices that will be available will be more in the fabric of our clothes, in the fabric of our environment, helping mm. us. It's all about opt-in. Nobody's, no, nobody's ever forced to own a bicycle. There are those who hate bicycles and always will. Fine, that's no problem. But then there are those who see the merits of a bicycle in context, right, to use an analogy. I think that's all we have, have time for. Do you have any job opportunities or can people find out more about the company? Yeah, we're, we're, we're still recruiting in our, in our current, um, recruitment drive. It's, uh, towards 200 jobs in total. And we expect that to continue to grow. We, we've done a lot of research on, on how to go about this. You know, a startup, as you pointed out in the middle of COVID with a very clear, but, you know, very ambitious roadmap for, for products for, for transforming health. Listen, much appreciated. Thanks for time, John. I really enjoyed it. Um, thank you. Bye, John. And coming up after, after the break, I'll be talking to Fergal Dignan from Paxana and we'll look at how they help older people live independently in their homes for as long as possible. You're listening to Tech Matters on KCLR with John Clear, taking a weekly look at the tech in our daily lives. And don't forget, we have a competition thanks to Electrocity. All you have to do to be in with a chance to win... The Hawaii 4E fitness tracker is text or WhatsApp as the answer to this week's question. What is the largest organ in the human body? And you can send the answer along with your name and details to their dinnersready.ie text line. That's 083-306-9696. That's 083-306-9696. And we will announce the winner at the end of the show. Our next expert interview is with Fergal Dygan. Fergal is founder and CEO of Paxana, and Paxana is designed to help older people live independently in their own homes for as long as possible. Fergal, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, John. I appreciate it. The first question you have for you is, could you just tell people a little bit more about Paxana? In other words, how it came about and then how it works. So we started Paxana in 2018 with the vision of looking at technology and how it would fit into supporting independent living. And we did some market analysis of what technology there was and 
were broadly speaking pretty disgusted with the quality of things that were out there. They weren't very uh, user friendly. They weren't designed with the, the user in mind. They were basically repositioned and repackaged technology from 30 years ago. Uh, okay. Now, obviously, the world has moved on quite a lot and there's very sophisticated uh, offerings out there like Paxana, but the way we gather data and the way we use it is, is more sympathetic and more supportive of the needs of the older, our older clients. So, so from an end user perspective, the idea is to be as simple and as non-disruptive for them as possible. So that okay. a very simple and light wearable, frequently it's been kept, be compared to a, a very early model of the Fitbit, except the material that we use is very comfortable. It's very soft. It's, it's very easy to tolerate. And that's largely because, well, aesthetically, it needs to be a, a, attractive to the people who are wearing it, but not, mm-hmm. you know, pr- pr- remarkable. It needs to be comfortable to the point where they, they can tolerate it. We have some clients who, who don't have the strength to, to lift a glass. So mm-hmm. they, may, they need something that can be really light and simple. It also needs to be uh, wearable all the time. So we're, uh, waterproof and wearable in the, in the shower or the bath. And it needs to have a long life battery. So uh, the battery in the, in our, our device lasts for nine months. Okay. So that's, it's very different than, like you said, the, some things were just components. So it could be like an Apple watch and saying, Hey, we're going to use that for yeah. monitoring, but it's just too much going on really. And you charge that every day or well, two or three days, don't you? Yeah, there's there, there, the Apple Watch and, and like watches. Samsung have terrific technology as well, and we're, we're, I'm absolutely supportive of, of of those manufacturers and the, and the work they do. But yeah. the, the issue that that we have is that that level of technology needs uh, puts an overhead. It's called it's a technical debt almost. And basically, yeah. what that means is you if if you are, have that much CPU and RAM and GPS and all that in your on your body, you have to charge it. You have to charge it fairly frequently. Apple and Samsung make great technology, but what they don't do is make technology specifically for a particular group of people. And that's what Paxana does. We've co-designed with our target market and our consumers to make sure that they have a voice in the design process and participate. That's where we get really strong user acceptance. And that high compliance rate gives us a consistent data stream, which allows us to make the insights that we use in terms of providing care, much more pointed and much more honest. That's a really good answer. What about the people who on the other side? So th- this is a device that some elderly person might wear. The information is going to the families, is it? Or is it going to? It's a different model for different customers because right. of the way we've set the business up. So mm-hmm. we set the business up to support uh, home care and, and senior living um, environments. Now, largely that's in the US market. And in the, and some in the UK. So care companies that we have, we work with care companies on the island of Ireland. We work with Connected Health in, Be- in Belfast. Mm-hmm. We work we work with um, uh, another another monitoring company in Belfast called Radius Twenty Four. But okay. um, but in the US, it's a tar- our target market is very much in the US, where we approach senior living and home care companies that provide different levels of service. And so gotcha. the reason that they they're, they're innovating with technology is because there is a crisis in care globally where yeah. there aren't enough carers to provide care to individuals. So what people are, are trying, they're not trying to replace care with, with technology. They're trying to augment care with a technical insight. So, okay. you know, the, the, the Paxana data, yes, family carers can see it and they can yep. get insights and they can use it as a check-in. But what we're trying to do is get preemptive insights that we can, so we can intercede when th- we can see a decline or some kind of change in behavior 
that we can actually have, provide you know an intervention before something goes wrong because okay. we what we see we see in the market lots of things like fall detection devices and um you know and and things waiting for an an, an event to, to take place problem is is that by the time that happens you're 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 looking at a visit to the A&E or you're looking at some sort of you know clinical intervention whereas if you can intervene with care and social care your chances of a better outcome are much stronger yeah. And can you give any examples of success stories in this is with the product in, in that area? We've had situations where picked up falls before they, they, they happened because what we've seen is falls happen at lots of different shapes and sizes. They tend mm. to, the shape of them tends to be a number of stumbles before. So that we call those resolved falls. So if we see a buildup of resolved falls in a couple of days, we can get in front of and be kind of on high alert for a kind of a specific fall. So we've captured those that those data points, and we've put kind of guardrails in place for somebody who we think is is at the uh, cusp of a, a significant fall event. Um, mm. But it's things, it's funny things like you know people in in the kind of cognitive of decline might uh, invert their sleeping patterns and their day, daytime patterns. They may be up wandering around at night. It's not great for anybody to go without sleep if you're in cognitive decline or you're you've started that process. Mm-hmm. Nighttime wandering in the home is a, is a strong indicator of a, of a deterioration. And if we can get in front of that, maybe we can move the, take the, uh, increase the level of exercise at, 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 to a safe level. Those, those types of interventions are really important. And it's, it's those kind of micro in, interventions that yeah. can prolong and support independence. And they're t- typically delivered by a family carer or a social carer, or, which could be a paid carer or, or something mm-hmm. from the state. Okay, very good. And I'd like to look then at just in the larger context, which countries are doing really well in terms of using and developing technology products to support and empower older people? Because I know you said earlier on that a lot of your customers would be in the US. So are we kind of behind here or are we we ahead in some areas or what's going on? The one thing that that you to note is that there isn't any kind of thousand pound gorilla out there, and that's why we're we're very confident that we've got the right combination of things to kind of make an impact and to and to and to collaborate with home care companies and and care providers to mm-hmm. to, to really make an impact. But in terms of the the, comp- the countries that are doing really well, the U.S. is doing well in certain strata, but in certain areas, it's it's a very it's a very divided society. You've got you know very, very wealthy in one side with who have senior living and resources and, you know, amazing healthcare. And then you've got, you know, people who have live in fuel poverty and real poverty and and are are, are in, in really, really deep trouble. Uh, so okay. is anybody doing particularly well? It, and there, there's a lot of sort of boutique kind of solutions that suggest, you know, really possible outcomes. But at a scale level, it hasn't landed technology adoption in this world dramatically. And that's, I think the the size of the opportunity is significant because still there's a huge growing market here. The world has changed quite dramatically. The adoption of uh, smart home markets, full detections, Mm -hmm. they're really growing markets at the moment, whereas the declining markets are are things like uh, personal emergency response systems, those types of things. That's the traditional button and box type solution. They're really on a, on a slight kind of decline, remote patient monitoring and telemedicine and medical wearables—they're all very strongly, uh, strongly growing. What well, one of the things that we see making a big impact is yeah. people's adoption and comfort level with, um, to, to, you know, engaging with remote care. 
So they, mm. you know, people now have learned in through COVID that you don't necessarily need to be in a doctor's surgery to get you know, a yeah. doctor type experience. Yeah. And you don't need to necessarily, you know, you can have a consultation, be that a, a social care com- conversation. There's certain functions that need to be performed by a human. But when there's such a shortage of human humans to deliver kind of, you know, this, this point of care, um, we want to be able to use technology as most effectively. And we, in fairness, we have seen some really good examples of that in the UK and mm. in some of the Nordic countries. Do you guys have any collaborations or new products or innovations in the pipeline? So we've a bunch of collaborations that we've, we're, we're literally about to kind of kind of go public with, and um, some with uh, technology partners in the UK with with a lot of links into the uh, the NHS and to some of the um, some of the local authorities over there. So that's that's on, we're on the cusp of that. We're we're we're, so we're about to kind of ink a partnership with. Uh, a care company in the US, but we, we're signing customers, which is good. So we're selling and, you know, people are responding by adopting and taking on the service. But uh, there's a fairly significant partnership coming down the track uh, in the new year, which I think will be pretty transformational for, for the business go. in the US. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely watch out for that one. And do you have any recommendations for people buying for older people tech presents for Christmas? The, the wearable tech is great, but I think you need to be very kind of pragmatic about because like I've, we've seen lots of situations where people thought it was a bit for for granny was a great idea and then of course it goes in the drawer so yeah. um we unless somebody is there to kind of support with charging and all that kind of stuff simplicity is the best and listen what do you see happening in the next 10 years within your own category for older people who will I'll, who i'll be joining probably sometime around then as well yeah, well, well, that's why I'm working so hard. You know, yeah. I want to get get a right, get a right for yeah. when, when, I, when I'm going in there. Uh, but, uh, what I what I think you'll you'll find is that it becomes much more acceptable for mm. you know collaborations between health healthcare providers, insurers, technology companies, and and those combinations of those kind of handshakes between you know well being care. And um, and you know and facilities becomes much more evolved. It's it's something they they're very very good at in the US, but at, only at a top tier. Care in the home and living in your own home and aging with dignity, I think, it is a right, and mm-hmm. people will understand that better over time, and hopefully they'll support it. Yeah. But one of the things that that I really kind of want to uh, kind of bring out is that technology and and po- social policy and all of those things should support the dignity of risk, which is we don't need to kind of overburden somebody with care, but we just need to try and puzzle out what exactly they need for where they are and support them in that journey. Because you inevitably lead to really kind of poor outcomes for people if you force their their hand in a way that you've had a fall, you have to go into a residential care setting. That's very real. That's, that's, a, that's a life choice that people are forced at, into at the moment. And that, that's what I'm, something I'm really trying to combat. And that's one of the things, that's Paxana's you know, mission goal is to support independent living for as long as is possible and, and is safe, but by understanding what the risks are so you can mitigate against those risks. Yeah, no, it's, it's an amazing mission. I wish all the best for the Fergal. We're running out of time. Where can people find you and where can they find out more about Paxana? Paxana.com. We, we okay. have, uh, you know, our contact page. Um, you, you can find partners in there to, in, in Ireland if, you, if you're interested in, you know, engaging around Paxana. 
Uh, I think we, our Facebook page is pretty active as well. So, you know, please encourage um, your listeners to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Great. Much appreciated. Thanks a lot, Fergal. Tech Matters on KCLR with John Clear. Right. Welcome back. The question to this week's competition was, what's the largest organ in the human body? And the answer is the skin. So this week's winner of the Electricity Competition for the Hawaii 4E Fitness Tracker is Edmund McHugh. So congratulations, Edmund. Um, I'd like to thank my guests, John Shaw from Legato and Fargal Dignan from Paxana. And I think this week, the real focus around this this area of health is predict and prevent. And that seems to permeate through everything that they were talking about. And it really is a refreshing way to approach healthcare. And innovation is that enabler. And what else can I say about it? Well, really, it's, it's, it's just the beginning with regards to health tech. And unfortunately, it is actually the end or coming to the end of the show. So I'd like to thank our, first of all, like I said, the notes for today's show will be on the website very soon. And that really is for all we have for this week. I'd like to thank the sound engineer, Martin Bridgman, and to our producer, Catherine Phibbs. I'm John Clear. You've been listening to Tech Matters. And we'll be back at 6pm next Tuesday for the very last time. Featuring new and emerging tech from around the world. Tech Matters on KCLR with John Clear.